I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts uh. check it out now down there. Thursday morning, December 12, 2019, the Reading the Book podcast. It's the Megapod for week number 15 in the National Football League. Man, regular season winding down. As always, we got a rotating guest coming up, but first our staples on my right from Circus Sports, Derek Stevens Conciliary, also the Vice President of Operations, most importantly at Circus Sports, building the big Shangri-La Sportsbook destined to be open December of 2020. At uh, the new Circa Casino, it's Michael Palm. Hello, Michael. Good morning. Yes, Gil, we're halfway there. As Derek did his uh, press event on Monday, just one year out from uh, Circa opening. Wow. On schedule. On budget, on schedule. On budget, on schedule. When do you expect the contractor to be like, I uh, can't get it on December 20th? Is that going to happen? Um, well, they have they have a lot of incentives, not only to get it done on time, but incentives to get it done early. So I think it's going to oh. happen. Okay. All right. And on my left, uh, the one of the stars, I shouldn't say the star, but one of the stars of Showtime's uh, four-part docu-series action, ladies and gentlemen, everybody's lovable South Point resident, it's Todd Wishnev. Hello, Toddy. Hi, Dr. Alexander. How are you? I'm doing very well. Um, you know, if you give me 14 weeks of football, I will get you a clean sheet. That's what I did last week. 14 weeks, I promise you I will do it for you. That's all it took for me. And our guest today is uh, back for the second time this year. He's always the leadoff hitter on the Megapod every year. He always does our first show. He's always back for another. And week 15 is his calling. It is 2011 Las Vegas Hilton Super Contest winner from the Sanssouci team that year. It's Brady Cannon. Hello, Brady. I am good. How are you? I'm doing very well. I think I might have asked you this last time. Do you like me to say 2011 anymore, or you just like, just say former, dude? Just say former at this point. No, no. I mean, uh, that that was a fantastic year for me, so I'll never let it go. <laughs> I mean, it was it, it's starting to get longer and longer ago, but hey, you're, you still got the title. I, I remember uh, back in the day, you know, when you first had me on after that uh, contest victory, we were talking about, you know, the, the money's really nice, um, but it's really all about the title. And as the years have gone on, that is, more and more rings true. It, it's about having that title. They can never take it away from you. Are you in the ring? Do they have a ring of fame there at the Westgate now with the former title holders? I, I don't think they have a ring of fame, but I do have a ring. Oh, there which you go. Is nice. All right. There's so, a ring ceremony. Yeah. All right. Well, good. Yeah, they had that... Uh, I think they had that before the beginning of last year's contest. They they invited all the former winners and handed out rings and stuff. So that was that was very cool. All right, how are you doing this year? Uh, five hundred, not so good. We were actually uh, doing pretty well in circa, and you know had a chance, and then uh, crapped the bed last week. So we're done there too. It, it's on to the mini contest, as I say. On to the uh, mini which contest. begins this week. Yeah. Circa, uh, I'm. Uh, I guess I'm alive in the uh, final Circa quarterly. Michael, what is the update on the uh, the last of the four quarter prizes? Well, remember everyone, this is a five week quarter. 
because there are 17 weeks in the NFL season with buys. We have two entries, and they happen to be by the same gentleman that are at 10-0. and 0. Wow. So wow. For him, the good news is he's in good shape, but for him, the bad news is he's got three weeks to go, not two. With That's the, with right. The long court. That's right. Uh, one, one entry at 9.5 points, and then another 14 at 9. Overall, Gil, overall for the season, our friend the Booty Blockers uh, is still in the lead at 49.5 points. He leads uh, MJ Tate by one point and live odds by a point and a half. And then it's another uh, point and a half back to the next three. So uh, o- only only three people within uh, actually two and a half points of the lead. Those three people's lives right now are obsessed with this. Like they can think of nothing else at this time of year. Well, There's- but if your name was Booty Blocker, you might be thinking of other things, don't you think? Blocking boot. Not for for at least three weeks. You're not going to be speaking about. You're not going to be thinking about booty blocking. Todd, how'd you do last week? Crappy, I think. I think I was either three and two or two and three. I think two and three. Right, three and two is not crappy. So I'm three and a half back because I went two and three and then I went four zero oh, and one last week. So many people between me and uh, the two ten and O's, which again he's got two ten and O's. If he's able to keep this up for another couple weeks, he'll come up with a strategy of those two uh, entries to be able to ensure himself, not maybe not to ensure himself a victory, but to maximize his chances for winning the quarterly. Uh, that's for sure. The quarterly prize is circa 143000 plus, And of course, the prize to win it all is right in the name of the contest, the Circa Million. Before we get into our best bets, boys, and our final two questions at the end, of course, and our teasers of the week, uh, we always want to talk about the Thursday night game first. Tonight, not exactly a barn burner. It's the Jets at the Ravens. Right now as we speak, by the way, the Christmas tree is lighting up, and 17s are appearing in multiple locations. Uh, this was 15 when the news came down from John Harbaugh that Lamar Jackson, earlier in the week, was day-to-day with a quad injury that he suffered uh, this past weekend. But as it turns out, and by the way, it was taken down in many locations, the, the point spread was. But now it's back up because Lamar said yesterday, I'm playing, and it's all the way to 17 now. Any thoughts on this game, Brady? Thursday night, not exactly a marquee matchup. Uh, I made the number 16 and a half originally, and that was on the assumption that uh, uh, Jackson was going to play. Uh, I think everybody's felt all along that he was going to play. Um, But I think it's too many points. Uh, I I actually played the Jets on a teaser um, when it was like 15 and a half or something. Took it all the way to 21 and a half. Uh, The Ravens have been off a couple of pretty good tests in a row against San Francisco and Buffalo. And then they've got two division games coming up. So I think this is a little bit of a hole in the schedule for them off of a short week. Uh, I see the Jets staying within the number. Mikey, are you scared at all that because of that Lamar Jackson injury, like this could be the game where if the Ravens went up a bunch that they might just say at some point, all right, you've done enough here, Lamar. Let's not mess around with the quad. RG3 have at it, and this could be the Todd Wishnev backdoor special. I, I actually want to go. I'm going to use this as a best bet at 17. Oh. I'm going to take 17. Okay. Uh, let's not forget it's not just the last two games, but it's four in a row for the Ravens. Houston, big spots. The Rams, San Francisco, and then traveling to Buffalo. Short week. And remember, the Jets are the the number two rush defense, two in rushing yards per carry. I think that uh, I think that the, the Ravens are not going to be able to move the ball up and down the field at will, as some may think. And this number is inflated. I would really make this number much closer to fourteen than seventeen. I think with the questions about his quad, I don't think you're going to see him if the game is a, is a two touchdown game or. A, a 17-point game in, the, in in late in the third quarter. You may see Harbaugh pull him out for the fourth quarter. I just think there's a lot of reasons here why this number is, is too high, and I'll make it my first best bet. All right. Jets, first best bet for Mike Palm. By the way, my number on guessing lines was Ravens minus 14 on the button. Uh, so I made a bet before when the Lamar Jackson news came down. I immediately grabbed the Jets at plus 15, thinking I can either get off it if Lamar plays or it'll be this massive middle for me if he ends up not playing that I could that I could make. Not so sure I don't like the Jets plus 15 to begin with. Not a best bet for me, but that's what I have in pocket anyway. Todd, any thoughts here tonight? I just want to say historically something happened here on the Megapod this morning that has never happened before. Uh-oh. And that is 
Mike Palm actually gave a pick with the correct line <laughs> without having to say, Todd and Gill, is that the right line and getting an extra half a point? No, he actually got the 17, didn't have to ask, got it right, didn't try to chisel or anything, chisel. just got the correct line. I got to give Mike a hand. I got to give him a hand for actually coming and being a reasonable sports better. Uh, thank you, Mikey. It's only uh, because Gil said it touched 17. I didn't. I, I would have had a ass, but Gil gave it away. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure him. you would have been like, he, I'm sure he would have been like, Jets plus 17 and a half. Uh, <laughs> okay. I will take, uh, as far as this game, I don't want any part of it. I don't know. Maybe I'll in game it. Who knows what you're going to get in these ridiculously large spreads. I will say that you better be up more than 23 late because uh, this has backdoor smelling all over it. Smelling. Um, maybe I'll get involved in the total. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have a real good feel on this game at all. Ravens, nine wins in a row, longest regular season win streak in franchise history. They already clinched a playoff berth. Now they're playing for seeding. They want that number one position and home field advantage throughout the AFC playoffs. Right now they are in the number one spot. They've held eight straight opponents to 20 points or fewer. That also ties a franchise record. Uh, last week, first nine drives, they held Buffalo to seven punts, a fumble, and a field goal. So that's not bad. Jackson, by the way, last six games, 21 touchdowns, one pick. Is that good? And, of course, while Baltimore came off the win against Buffalo by a touchdown, Jets coming off a game where they beat the Dolphins thanks to the refs helping them out at the end, a game where 10 field goals were kicked, seven by Miami's Jason Sanders, but the Jets won it 22-21 on a 44-yarder from Sam kicking Ficken as time expired. Brady, best bet number one, my friend. Hey, I, I want to first say I've realized something here. First of all, it, it's always fun and educational and a, an honor to be a part of the Megapod. But this time around, uh, I am in the company of the winner of the Twitter Parody Account Awards, Best Supporting Casino Guest, Mike Palm, the runner-up for Best Morning Host, Gil Alexander, and a nominee for Best Supporting Non-Casino Guest, Todd Wishnev. This is decent royalty here, gentlemen. Mike, Mike takes these polls very seriously, don't you, Mikey? Brady, I'm going to win my second golden mic today as Derek Stevens and I are over 50% as best my guys in the desert side piece. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I thought side pieces was like a sexual thing. That's Am exactly, I wrong? That's exactly what it is, Todd. Yes. I, I, I know that it's a joke. I was making a joke as well. Thank you, Gil. It sounded like you were actually for actual clarification. That's what it sounded like. I'm pretty stoked to be... Uh, in the presence of you award-winning uh, folks. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, only Mikey can really say that he took the crown, though, on these polls. Well, let's not let's not gloss over the margin of victory over John Murray, who gets much more visa and airtime than I do. <laughs> John go. Murray is co-hosting with Parles on Monday and Tuesday. He gets to go on Brent's show for a half hour on Wednesday. He has his own show with JVT and humans on Sunday night, and I can barely get on the freaking network. And I took him out in a body bag, sixty-one percent. Okay. What do you What do you think is the most impressive result on that? Do you think if it was a parody account for I don't know, Mike, me, how much percent do you think I would get over the other candidates in my category? I don't know, but I think that I think Gil that you would have had a real live shot of of winning that category. Except uh, I I think your power rating went down with these Wednesday shows. <laughs> I'll be honest. I think Gil could have Gil could have totally that's hysterical, Mikey. Just hysterical. Um I would have I would have thought that Gil could definitely beat the racing car show guy for sure. For sure. He was, he was I don't believe he was mentioned in the poll. <laughs> Probably could have beaten him. All right, Brady, I'm sorry. We're just uh we went All right. Out. No, I, I, I started that. I apologize. Um my first play, Gil, is going to be on the Atlanta Falcons getting 10.5 or 11 points at San Francisco. Um, this is similar to the situation the Texans faced last week. They came off of games against the Ravens and the Colts and the Patriots with a division opponent in Tennessee on deck. Uh, the 49ers are coming off of Green Bay, Baltimore, and New Orleans. And, of course, that last one was a huge victory over the Saints, just like Houston had a huge win in their last game of that trio over New England, and then big division tests on deck for the Niners, too, with the Rams and the Seahawks. So just like Denver was a little hole in the schedule for the Texans last week, so are the Falcons for the Niners. 
And not only are these two setups very similar, uh, but it was also two straight grueling weeks against the Ravens and the Saints for the Niners. And now to come back home off of that and have to, and have to cover 11 points, I just think it's too much to ask. And the Falcons on their side, they come into this game having gone three and two in their last five, and they've out-yarded their opponent in four out of the last five. I also like, you have to go back a little ways on this one, but I like that these organizations are pretty familiar with one another. They were division opponents for over 30 years. And more recently, you have the Shanahan connection. They've met in the playoffs a couple times. Um, I think the fact that they have that close-knit history, I think that also helps Atlanta. It's kind of like they're quasi-division opponents. Now, I know San Francisco has success against non-mobile quarterbacks, and certainly Matt Ryan is that. But again, I, I think the number of points is a little strong. I made it eight. So I'll gladly take it on the other side of a key number like ten. Yeah, and uh, plus they beat the they beat the Saints a couple weeks ago, so you know they can beat a good team. Yeah, we'll give yeah. you eleven here yeah. too, Brady. Eleven, I think, is the consensus on this now. So you get the full eleven on the Falcons. Falcons coming off a win where they beat the Panthers. They doubled them up, forty to twenty, four hundred sixty-one total yards of offense in that game. Of course, the Niners, the much more marquee, forty-eight to forty-six win over the Saints where they amassed 516 total yards of offense. Niners, like the Ravens in the uh, previous example, trying to get home field throughout the NFC playoffs, in their case, uh, 11-2 and two right now, but 11 points is 11 points, so you're banking on the Falcons covering that number. Mikey, we already have yours. You're on the Jets plus 17, yes? Yes, correct, Gil. All right, and Todd? No, he's 17 and a half, 17 and a half. <laughs> it might change by the end of the show. Todd, can I, uh, can I tell people what your best bet is going to be? I can almost guess it. Go ahead. Tampa Bay over. Oh, Gilly Alexander coming up big. That's why they call him Gilly Ice. <laughs> Tampa Bay over. I believe I can get 45 and a half or 46. Which do, you, which do you say, sir? 46, sorry. Okay, I'll take Tampa Bay over. I don't know if you've ever heard me talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers before, <laughs> but you've listened to any Megapod or any fantastic Wednesdays on a numbers game, even though Mike likes Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday better. Um, I talk a lot about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers being the overbetters dream team. They're the, um, you know, they're the, they're just the best. What can I say? They don't play defense. They are very explosive offensively, and Jameis can always throw you a pick six in for good measure. Last week, and and you know what? Tell the Sharps to go jam it up their sharp asses because <laughs> they bet they bet it down from like fifty down to forty six and a half in the indie game. And I said, are these people out of their effing minds? This game is going over, and it's going over huge. It, I think it almost went over in the first half. It was ridiculous. It was the same old story. The other team, if they're halfway decent, can move it on Tampa. Tampa can move it on them. And then you even had a Jameis pick six. You had everything you want in a Tampa Bay over. Final score, 38-35. Now, I know Mr. Mike Evans is not out. I mean, is out for the season. But they still have enough weapons, so I'm not worried about that. I know Detroit has a backup quarterback. But he's going to be at home, so it's going to be easier for him to move the ball. So I'm not worried. Give me the 46 over, and if it ain't broke, fix it. The one week I told you not to bet it, it went under. So let's go over, baby, over 46, Tampa Bay. Thank you. Hey, Todd, what's the difference between jam and jelly? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Did I tell you that one, Gil? No, I've heard this long <laughs> ago. Todd, answer? What? You can't jelly it up there, sharp asses. Well... Well, wow. well, well, maybe you can. Uh, Tampa Bay winners. Of, <laughs> I don't get that. <laughs> Todd, the arbiter of humor, does not get that. Tampa Bay, winners of three in a row, four of their last five. And you're right, it was the most Jameis of all Jameis games last week. They were down 14, where the Bucks late in the third quarter. They come back, storm back against the Colts. Winston, the most Jameis of all lines, 33 of 45 for 456, four touchdowns, three picks. Gotta love it. 542 total yards of offense for the Bucks. A game they won while being minus three in turnovers. So Bucks. Lions, by the way, six-game losing streak. Worst start since 2010. 
first game last week where they didn't hold the lead against the Vikings. Uh, but the number's 46. Todd's going over. It's the Buccaneers. Just a reflex. Now, Todd, you tell everybody what my first best bet's going to be. The Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins plus three and a half. That's exactly right. You know what bothers me about that? You never go for the high notes on that line, though. You always chintz out at the end, to use your expression. Well, because I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not really a talent um, musically. I'm more oh. of a, just a cerebral type of guy. So, mathematics and charisma. <laughs> All math and charisma. <laughs> <laughs> what can I tell you? When Mikey's right, he's right. Charismatics, I believe we call that when we put them both together. I think also I've proven to be athletically inclined as well. Uh, some tennis matches might uh, say something to that effect. Here we go. Uh, I'm taking the Dolphins. Uh, every week for Guessing Lines, for those who listen to Guessing Lines, you know my story with the Dolphins. Ever since that Miami-Pittsburgh game, which was the farthest off guess in Guessing Lines history, I guessed seven and a half. It ended up being 14 or 14 and a half in favor of the Steelers. Dolphins, by the way, proving me right. It's been the case with the Dolphins every week, with the exception of one game a couple weeks ago. Every week, I have to tell them, that in guessing lines, I make a line for what I believe it should be versus what I know now the market will probably make it. And in this particular case, I said, this should be a pick em to me. Miami at the Giants. But knowing what I know about the market and how it treats the Dolphins, I'll say it's the Giants two and a half or three. And Chrissy comes back and he, tell, and he tells me, uh, guess what? It's three and a half in some spots. And it's three and a half everywhere. Why did the Giants get a hook in this? Are you kidding me? Autoplay. The Dolphins with Ryan Fitzpatrick, we've said it a thousand times. They're not horrible when Ryan Fitzpatrick is their starting quarterback. What have the Giants done? By the way, Eli was good for a half last week, uh, Monday night against the Eagles, and then nothing after that. But the Giants shouldn't be three and a hook against, I don't know, maybe anybody. Give me the Dolphins. Rins and repeat. Second verse, same as the first. Dolphins plus the three and a half. Thank you very much. By the way, they should have won outright against the Jets last week. Dolphins, my first best bet. So Todd and I, broken records, but it keeps working for us. By the way, did I mention I was uh, 3-0 finally last week with a teaser that actually won? I don't, I don't know if I mentioned that. Brady, you're number two. Hey, I, I got to mention real quick here on the Dolphins. I actually guessed the same number as you that week with the Steelers. I, I guessed 7.5 as well. That was the line I made. Unbelievable. And this week I make, yeah, and this week I make the line Giants minus one. Yeah. So yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I, I do have a play on the Dolphins. Uh, my best bet, though, I am going with the Denver Broncos getting oh, nine or wait, nine wait. and I a half. Your best Kansas. bet was Atlanta. Yeah, didn't you want my second now one? Now his second one. Oh, oh, he's calling it oh, second best. I didn't understand. Sorry. Todd, buddy. is this your first podcast with us? No. Pro- <laughs> uh, I didn't hear him say second best bet. My fault. Sorry, Brady. I apologize. Well, you did ask me for my second, correct, uh, yeah, host yeah. Gill? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Todd okay. doesn't listen. He just thinks about oh, the next I, thing he's going to say. I am uh, going with the Denver Broncos getting nine or nine and a half at Kansas City. Nine and a half. And uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> the last two, uh, the last time these two teams met, the Chiefs won in Denver thirty to six. And I believe that that plus the way Kansas City comes into this game has inflated the point spread. Uh, the Chiefs have won three games in a row. They hammered the Raiders, and they won at Foxborough, which is a very big deal. And in that game, the general betting public was all over Kansas City. So I think it's possible that the books have bumped this up a little bit because they know that the masses are in love with Kansas City again. Now, the Broncos, they have won two in a row. They've covered three out of their last four. Uh, I like the rushing attack of Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay. And they will be facing the 28th-ranked rushing defense in the league. And i got to tell you guys, I-, I like Drew Locke, what I've seen out of this guy. I think he has really looked sharp, and he's made some very big-boy NFL throws in his two games. Um, the Chiefs' p- uh, pass defense is solid. But if Denver can establish success on the ground, I think Locke should be able to make a few throws. Now, obviously, this is also a division game. Uh, Denver... You know, if you go back and look uh, through the annals of point spread history, they haven't been catching this uh, this many points against the Chiefs in this series in over 40 years, and they've never been a double-digit underdog to Kansas City. Uh, it's very difficult to sweep the season series against a division opponent. 
So the Broncos, uh, of course, are looking to avenge that loss. They took to Kansas City earlier this season at home, mind you. Um, I made this number seven, and it opened up ten and a half, and there were even some 11s. And let's also remember the Chiefs have lost three out of their last four home games. So maybe there's too much home field advantage being built into this line here as well. I, I don't know. Uh, but I just think it's too many points to give the Broncos. Nine and a half is what you get the Broncos at. Broncos, 31 points in the first half last week. They hadn't had a game with 25 all year, 31 in the first half. Drew Locke, 22 of 27 for 309, three touchdowns a pick. Uh, he was sacked once. Kansas City did clinch their fourth straight AFC West title. Nine plus wins now in all seven seasons under Andy Reid for the Chiefs. Brady on the Broncos. And Todd, you started off wishing to have Wednesday grievances by saying maybe we owe Vic Fangio an apology, huh? Yes, I was shocked that Mr. Vic Flacchio Fangio was actually getting his team in order after burning all my money early in the season. And uh, he's been much better. I mean, you know, they almost had Minnesota beat on the road, and then they thrashed uh, – Houston on the road. Now, Drew Locke, by the way, he, he in college, he reminded me of Jeff George, an amazing, talented arm, not exactly a talented head. So I'll have to, <laughs> you know, be proven wrong before I get too excited about Drew Locke. But I have to agree with, with Brady's pick because, you know, that Kansas City defense ain't special anyways. Not exactly a talented head. Uh, Mike, number two. I agree with you, Gil. Uh, this is actually my best bet, but I had to give the Jets first because of the chronology of the show. Uh, Dolphins plus three and a half. I've actually taken them plus 165 on the money line here. Uh, let's be honest. You know, if Todd Wishnev, Division Two basketball never was, was covering Darius Slayton Monday night instead of Ronald Darby, <laughs> I think the Giants come away with six points max in that game, all right? I, I, we are all in love with the Eli storyline, and maybe that affects this point spread. The Dolphins are a better team than the Giants. They're better coach. Yeah, they have a better quarterback, and they've been outside of one game. They've been at worst a mediocre NFL team the last seven weeks. I'll take three and a half all day. Is that going to be three and a half in Circa? You think? You think they're going to shade? Well, I don't know. It doesn't seem to be coming off this number, yeah, so I don't really think. We, we want to try to avoid the flat threes because of all the pushes, so I think they'll stay with three and a half. Yeah, that's gonna, I think that's going to be the number one pick. Uh, that would be my guess. I have Mikey down as Miami plus four. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Mark, mark Mike down <laughs> for whatever number you want to concoct. Todd, what's your number two, man? Well, I was going to go Miami too. I'm getting a little nervous that everybody likes Miami so much. So I'll give you my, my third pick before my second pick, which was going to be Miami. Um Wait, 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 wait. So is Miami your second pick? No, I'm I'm deciding whether I want to make it my third pick now, and I have another 10 minutes to decide, so calm down. I will now take (laughs) the Bears. I'll be sure to relax, Todd. Yes. (laughs) Chicago Bears. You've heard of this team. Your Chicago Bears with Mitchell Trubisky at the quarterback position plus the four. Now, I know people are saying to themselves right now, are you crazy? Are you crazy? You can't bet. Mitchell Trubisky, are you out of your mind? Uh, maybe, maybe I am out of my mind, but that's probably for other reasons. The Mitchell Trubisky has sort of, and I don't want to go too crazy here, but has sort of gone back to the road of last year a little bit, using his legs a little more, somehow actually doing something good offensively every once in a while, and not making too many mistakes. The Green Bay Packers, on the other hand, have not shown me anything special for five weeks. They got blown out in San Diego or, or L.A. or wherever those games are played. They got blown out over there. They played uh, a couple other teams that – one team that they beat, big deal, so they beat the Giants. Give me a break. That, that doesn't impress me at all. And uh, their other win was against Clem Haskins where they barely were able to squeak out a win in that one. So – Give me a break. Uh, what's wrong with the, the the Green Bay Packers? Don't look like a healthy, you know, juggernaut. Oh, they got blown out against San Francisco. They barely beat Carolina in a, in a in a in a winter storm. I mean, the Green Bay Packers don't impress me. It's a division game, as Brady has said, and he is right on. It's a division game. That's another reason. And I'm getting four points in an NFL football game. If Mitchell Trubisky doesn't blow up as he 
is so want to do oftentimes, I think somehow I squeak out a win plus four. Aaron Jones last week, 16 carries, 134 and a touchdown, six catches for 58 against Dwayne Haskins Jr. in the Redskins. Todd refuses to call him Dwayne Haskins. He calls him Clem Haskins. Former Washington Bullet, former Golden Gophers head coach in the basketball arena. Um, and Matt LaFleur, first Packers coach ever to win 10-plus games in the first season. Not Vince Lombardi, not Bart Starr, not Forrest Gregg, not Mike McCarthy. Matt LaFleur, formerly on the yeah, Reds, Redskins staff. Somebody had a 14-game schedule, right? That is correct. And in the case of the Lombardis and the Forrest Greggs and the Bart Stars of the world, yes, that would be true. That is a very good point, young Todd. Uh, my number two pick would be... You know, it's a low total in that Green Bay game. It's uh, it's 40 and a half, but there's one game that's lower than that. In fact, it's the lowest total in any NFL game this season. Buffalo and Pittsburgh, Sunday night football. And I'm not playing the total. I'm playing the Buffalo Bills, catching one and a half. Buffalo Bills catching one and a half against the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is more of a fade of the Steelers than it is a backing of the Bills, quite frankly. I like the Bills. Um, they did allow a season-high six sacks to the Ravens last week when they'd only allowed four in the previous four games. But this is about Pittsburgh to me. Pittsburgh, who, give Mike Tomlin all the credit in the world, started one and four. They've won seven of eight since. By the way, we just talked about uh, Matt LaFleur stat. Eight-plus wins in all 13 seasons under Mike Tomlin. That's impressive, dude. Like, I don't, I don't think people think of Mike Tomlin that way. Yes, he's had Big Ben the whole way, and he's had stars like Le'Veon Bell and uh, Antonio Brown. This is his best job ever. Eight wins already for the Steelers. They're 8-5 and five now. But here's the deal. They have won two of their last three games on basically one big James Washington play. And both of them were kind of fluky in both of those games. And then last week against the Cardinals, they win in large part because Deontay Johnson returns a punt to the house. Uh, by the way, he was good uh, as a pass catcher, too. Six for 60 from Duck Hodges for a touchdown. I think this Buffalo Bills defense, if they can't stop Duck Hodges and the Pittsburgh Steelers, who have really no reliable... Though here's the deal. The Steelers are getting James Conner and Juju back. So Duck will have them at uh, his disposal. However, Duck was, what, 16 of 19 last week in uh, the game against the Cardinals? The Bills' defense rears its head. The total's 36. This is going to be a fun defensive struggle to watch. But give me the Bills at Pittsburgh on Sunday night catching the one and a half. The Bills and Steelers both in playoff position right now. But the Steelers right now teetering. They're in the number six spot. So uh, the proverbial must-win situation. Not really a must-win, but big game for both ball clubs. Buffalo chasing the Patriots still in the AFC East. Just one back there. Buffalo pick number two. Us Yenzers don't like you picking against the Pittsburgh Steelers because we got a great coach and we got a quarterback from that quarterback machine, Samford, Duck Hodges. That's where all your great quarterbacks come from, Samford. Don't you know anything, Gil? Go Steelers. As a Steelers fan, how do you feel about that game? I'm worried. Okay. That's all I needed. Brady, pick number three. The Monday Nighter. Uh, I like the Indianapolis Colts getting nine points at New Orleans against the Saints. The natural reaction here, guys, might be to think that the Saints will bounce back after that tough loss to San Francisco last week. But I actually think that loss was so tough on the Saints, you know, to have lost that back-and-forth shootout game in the final seconds. I I think it was more than tough. I think that was brutal. And to ask them to get back up off the mat and lay nearly double digits under the bright Monday night lights, I think that is a very tall task. And look at this trend here. New Orleans is 7-17 and against the spread as a home favorite coming off of a home loss, okay? And they are 0-7 against the spread when laying more than a touchdown in that same scenario. So that speaks exactly to what I'm saying here. When you suffer a heartbreaking loss at home, I think it's even tougher to come back at home again and have to rise above and beyond the occasion, in other words, to have to cover a very large spread. I think it would be better for the Saints if that loss had been suffered on the road, or if they were getting out on the road this week. I think that would be more likely of a bounce-back spot. Than, but this having uh, all gone down in their own building, uh, I think it's tough for them to uh, get back up for this game. Now, both teams run and defend the ball very well. Um, the Saints are clearly the better passing offense. 
but defending the pass is the strength of the Colts defense. Uh, Indianapolis, they blew that game last week in Tampa Bay, but I think getting the national spotlight will be something that will be a boost for them. I, I think they'll be fired up for this game. And let's remember, the last time we saw the Colts on prime time, they upset the Chiefs, winning outright as 11-point dogs. And, guys, that was off of a loss, too. I made this line seven. It's now nine. I think it might close at seven or seven and a half. I am seeing some eight and a halfs now. Uh, the Super Contest, I know, came out with eight for their static line. I think the Colts at eight and a half or better is a good play. I made it eight and a half. It is nine. Nine is the number you will get, sir. Uh, you'll get the Colts plus nine here. Uh, Saints coming off that 48 to 46 heartbreaker for them. They've scored 30 plus points in eight different games this season. That's the most in the NFL. They had 465 total yards of offense in defeat, but they couldn't double cover George Kittle, apparently. Um, that was their big mistake, and Kittle in one of the big plays of the NFL season while his face mask was getting tugged at all the way downfield, converts a fourth and two and puts the Niners in field goal position, and the Niners end up kicking the game winner and win it. Uh, Robbie Gould, 48-46 Niners. You'll get the full nine there, uh, young Brady, for the Colts, who are now two games out behind both the Titans and the Texans in the AFC South. Six and seven are the Colts. Mikey, number three. All right, let me give you a couple of uh, pieces of information here, Gil. Please. Uh, it circa numbers are out. Ooh, okay. The Dolphins are getting three and a half. Love it. Thank you. You love it. Also, the Colts are getting eight and a half. Ooh. Not eight as like the Westgate. Just okay. And the Bears, Todd, are getting four and a half in the contest. So you'll like that. Thank you for that on-the-spot update from Mikey. My final best bet, and I bet this plus one and a half Sunday. It's gone the other way. I'm going to play against the Cowboys and take the Los Angeles Rams laying one and a half. I think this, you know, none of these games mean anything for Dallas if you look at this race because they're 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 four and zero in conference. They just have to beat Philadelphia and Washington the last two weeks, yep. which I'm not convinced they're going to do. But uh, th- this team has totally quit that effort. On Thursday night in Chicago was amongst the worst I've seen. The tackling, they know this coach is a lame duck. He's gone. Jerry won't make the change till after the season, and he will because they're not going anywhere. If they do make the playoffs, they're going to get beat by Seattle or San Francisco in the first round uh, hosting a game. I just, uh, I'm very impressed at the bounce back. If you looked at that game, you know, we all, we all kicked third on McVay and the Rams after uh, Baltimore went in there and scored touchdowns their first seven drives. Um, but they really bounced back nicely, really shutting down Kyler Murray in Arizona, giving them no breath at all in that game. And then, that, and really controlling Russell Wilson. I think their D line has, has really played well. They put a lot of pressure on Wilson. Seattle really wasn't able to run the ball as they had been so, so well against the Eagles and, and <clears throat> against Minnesota on Monday night. I think you're getting the better team in the better mental spot. They have to continue to win to have a shot. And, hey, look, the Vikings are going on the road to play the Chargers, and we know Kirk Cousins struggles on the road. So Rams still alive for a playoff spot. I think they win this game, and they win it rather convincingly. Yeah, Rams are one game behind those Vikings for the NFC's sixth playoff position. You're right about the Cowboys. I had them against the Bears, not an official pick, but I, I played them. And, you know, Aaron Schatz was on a numbers game at VEASAN uh, on the show this week. Big analytics guy, obviously, from Football Outsiders. And he was like, yeah, all the numbers point to the Cowboys in all of these games, but they just don't get it done. And they were awful that night. Rams in their win against the Seahawks on Sunday night, 455 total yards of offense. What do you make of the Todd Gurley thing, though, Mike? Like, do you think we've ever gotten a real explanation on this? Like, all of a sudden now, Gurley's back in everything that he always was? What happened? Well, I don't know. McVay says, you know, I messed it up. I didn't use Gurley. I didn't establish Gurley. And then golf comes out and says, we're a different team when we run Gurley first. Well, I mean, I thought he was injured. That's why they weren't trying to feature him right. 25 times a game. But right. apparently he's been healthy all along. The weirdest thing. One of the one of the least, like, it's just not explained. I don't think we ever got an explanation on it. Todd, number three. I'd just like to give a little uh, shout-out to people who use what I call the goulash model because <laughs> of the fact that the Dallas Cowboys, I believe people keep saying the Dallas Cowboys have the number one yards per play in the NFL. Is that correct? Uh, yes, for the season, that is correct. Yeah. Okay, so so folks, 
if you're just doing a numbers model with no goulash of watching games and, and putting in a little eye test, you're not going to be right. You better mix in some goulash, and it cannot be just numbers-based. I love the numbers. I'm not against the modeling, but you cannot be only numbers-based and modeling. This is a perfect example. The Patriots have been a perfect example over the years. Do not look good analytics-wise, but cover spread after spread after spread. The Cowboys are the opposite. They look great on the analytics, but of course, they cannot cover a damn game. Have you ever eaten a goulash for real? Yes, I've had goulash. Uh, I believe goulash is like a stew, right? I believe so. I was going to ask you, what exactly does one find in a goulash? Well, you got some analytics numbers in a goulash, and then you've also got some watching games in a goulash. You mix it all up with some tomato sauce, you got yourself a stew. (laughs) I thought it was a Russian prison. Oh, yeah, it could be that too. Uh, My... Third pick. I believe that's a gulag. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just loved. I loved Gorky Park. Great movie. <laughs> See, that's the difference between having Mike Palm on the show and, and and just a mere mortal. Mike can go with anything. Well, I'm just I'm I'm just <laughs> making a point that art and science have to be mixed together in sports betting because it's not purely a numbers game, yes. even though the show is called a numbers game. Yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, now. I would like to make my third pick. I, unfortunately, like the Miami Dolphins, too, which means we're all going down in a, in a, in a heap. In a horrible um, Yeah. It's going to be a, a horrible mess, uh, but I have to take the Dolphins. I mean, we've gone ad nauseum over this. It's a different team with Mr. Fitzpatrick. I love the coach doing the little fancy trick play to get the touchdown the other day. Uh, you know, we've talked enough about this. Just give me Miami plus three and a half against the most floundering of floundering organizations, the New York G-Men, and uh, hopefully I can get a W. Yeah, Pat Shermer on his uh, last couple weeks here as a Giants coach. Matt Rule from Baylor rumored to to have that job if he wants it in New York. Uh, I hate my third pick. Can I just preface it by saying I hate my third pick, but yet it has to be my pick? Uh, I have a season-long thing that I do off the grid. It's sort of like a stock thing. If people have listened to this show long enough, they know my secret off-the-grid stock market thing that I'm involved in with football teams. And I'm I'm a big seller of the Oakland Raiders. However, I have to play Oakland here, giving six and a half against Jacksonville. This is the final game at the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum. You've heard that before. We have. We heard that before last year. That's right. We have heard it before. But this for real is... The last game at the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum, because if you've driven on the freeway here in Las Vegas, you see that that stadium will absolutely be ready uh, in 2020. But the reason that I'm playing the Raiders here is because it's it's south of seven points. It's just six and a half. And it's against Jacksonville. And as bad as the Raiders have played, the Jacksonville Jaguars have five straight losses by 17 plus points. Five straight losses by 17-plus points. That ties the longest streak in franchise history of that. Nine-plus losses, by the way, for the Jaguars franchise for the eighth time in nine seasons. Think about that. They had that one year where they almost beat the Patriots in the playoffs. Every other year, they suck ass. And they're really sucking now. And it doesn't matter that it's Gardner Minshew. So Jacksonville's just playing awful football. And although it goes against my every instinct and other things that I'm involved in, and although Oakland's been outscored themselves 116 to 33 the last three weeks, each by 20 plus points, by the way, in those games, outscored 21 nothing in the second half against the Titans at home last week. They gave up 552 total yards to the Titans. I'll give the six and a half here and I'll take a big swallow and, uh, I don't know. I have competing interests here financially, but Oakland is by the number my number three pick here in week 15. As always, guys, support for today's show comes from bookmaker.eu, an industry leader for close to 30 years. Pro players consider them a must because their first to post odds take the highest limits and pride themselves on never having kicked out a winning player. Bookmaker's a high-volume sports book best suited for the sophisticated player, also caters to large recreational players and their motto is always is where the lines originate because chances are the sports book at which you've been betting follows their lines and right now if you visit bookmaker.eu slash gill that's bookmaker.eu slash g-i-l-l you'll claim your exclusive 100 percent welcome bonus of up to 300 dollars. that's bookmaker.eu slash gill to join and claim your welcome bonus of up to 300 dollars right now you will not regret it Betting the only way I know how, the indispensable, bookmaker.eu. Teaser time, boys. 
I'm playing through. Teaser victory last week. Brady, what's your two-team six-point teaser of the week? Uh, I like taking the Bills. You uh, obviously have a best uh, bet on the Bills. I like taking them up to eight or eight and a half with the uh, Redskins up to ten and a half. Uh, I actually have the Bills teased with the Rams, one of uh, Mike Palm's best bets. But that was before the Rams moved to the favorite, and I don't like teasing through the zero. So I'm going to pair the Bills with Washington. Uh, I made the Bills a one-point favorite at Pittsburgh, and I make the Redskins a three-point dog at home to Philly. So you're getting through some key numbers on both of these, and I'm getting a touchdown more than what I made my line. So I like it. That's my teaser, Bills and Skins. Bills seven and a half for uh, bookkeeping purposes for young Brady there, getting the six points. And what about Washington? What what number are we giving him in Washington? We'll give him ten even. Maybe a ten because, yeah. that, I mean, it depends on where you look. I don't know if there's any four and a halfs left out there. The, there really, are. Some of these numbers have just changed uh, this morning. Yeah, Penny's still got a four and a half, and Bet Online does, but mostly fours everywhere. So ten for young no Brady. No problem. I'll take uh, seven and a half and ten. That's just fine. Mike Palm. I'm with uh, Brady with the Bills. I think they're actually going to win that game. Hey, they defended Lamar Jackson as well as anybody has all year. They did. We've seen they're actually their defense is actually better on the road. We've seen them be very very good on the road. I know that that, that Duck Hodges is uh, is in there because he's not going to, as Tomlin said, he's not going to kill us, right? He's not going to make the big mistakes and and throw the interceptions. He's going to manage the game. But I think this plays right into the Bills' hands. Uh, I, I, I like Allen's ability to run the ball when he needs to. So we'll take that up to seven and a half. And then I'm torn on this. Uh, I'm really torn on this. Uh, the other one here. Uh, you're By the way, you're mimicking exactly my thoughts. Bills are absolutely yeah. one leg. And then it's like a it's a it's a choice on number two. I think I got to take uh, a take. Uh, well, boy, I don't know. I'm going to be I'm going to be with Brady's pick and I'm going to take I'm going to take the. Uh, the Broncos up to 15 and a half. I know it's not the, you know, it's not the Stanford Wong model, but I think that they're, they can keep this game within two. They've played awfully well. I mean, look at the bad beats they've had and the games they blew. I mean, this could have been a playoff team when we, when we all said, Oh, how right. We all said how awful Fangio was and they had no quarterback and their defense was a fraud and all of that. Uh, so I'll take uh, Bill's Broncos. Bill's Broncos. So Bill's Redskins followed by Bill's Broncos. Todd. Um, I'm taking Bills, too. Me, too. Uh, and um, the other one, I'm going to go with the Dolphins because I just don't see the Giants beating anybody by more than nine and a half points. I know, again, it's probably not the best uh, mathematically, but I'll just take the, the Dolphins plus the nine and a half and Buffalo plus the seven and a half. Well, it makes perfect sense for me to take Bills Dolphins, too, because after all, those were my two... Uh, my first two best bets. So it is Bills Dolphins for me. I will tell you that the other ones I was considering to uh, pair with the Bills, one of them was tonight's New York Jets catching 23. Like that that was a consideration because for God's sakes, it's 23 for no other reason. Uh, then that's just a mess of points. But for my, for me, officially, it's the Bills and the Dolphins. So Todd, we end up landing on the exact same teaser. So I can't pick up any ground on you there this week. But that's what I will go with. Some guy to give my 10-point teaser because I've been hitting these three-team 10-point teasers. Please. I usually don't have them ready till Sunday morning, but I'm considering uh, New England just to win the game, Buffalo plus 11.5, and, and New Orleans just to win the game for uh, people who are interested in the 10-point uh, teasers. Not the Jets plus 27, no? Uh, I'm just worried they might lose uh, yeah. 500 Yeah, no, I, I understand. It's a definite consideration. You know, I want to tip my hat to Todd for actually – letting the public know something he's going to play, right? Other than the Tampa Bay over, everything else is just supposition. Here's actually something he bets. So good for you. Well, you know what? That's really fun. That's funny that you say that, Mikey, because I've been putting up my in-game picks every day on Twitter and bashing the hell out of college basketball. So there, Mr. Palm, on (laughs) at T-Wishnev. You you don't bet your best bets on the Megapod. These people are giving an hour of their life to listen. Oh, on the Megapod. Don't be a Hoops Peterson. Don't be Hoops Peterson. Well, here's the thing. (laughs) If I could get an extra half point that's not available anywhere in any market, of course I'd be betting all these NFL games as well, like you. But, um, yeah, the NFL (laughs) games... 
the NFL pregames are very difficult, and I say you better be careful and play it in-game because they're just dangerous. We all know that. I mean, I don't think I'm saying anything that's uh, out of line, am I, Gil? The correct word is preflop. That was what you were most out of line about, Todd. Correct word is preflop. All right, final two questions, boys. Final two questions. And no, Todd, you weren't uh, out of line. Final two questions. And I have been playing Tampa Bay over. So, Mike, you know, I know you ran out of the picture, but I have been playing Tampa Bay over. So go to hell, Mike. <laughs> Derek, Derek came in. He thought I, Derek thought I might be in trouble. He heard all the screaming. He didn't know what was going on, so I stepped away. <laughs> I, I, I love when we have actual casino moguls reacting to the screaming on our on our podcast. Um, all right, final two <laughs> questions, boys. These have been the final two questions for years. They remain so. First one, which of the big favorites do you believe is the most likely to lose outright? Here are your candidates. Kamala Harris. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Baltimore minus 17 against the Jets. Thursday night, that's the biggest spread on the board. Kansas City, nine and a half point favorites against division rivals, the Denver Broncos. Um, New England, nine and a half point favorites on the road against Cincinnati. Should I put the two? Well, San Francisco, 10.5-point favorites, or 11. 11 it is at home against Atlanta. God, these are the big numbers. And then there's New Orleans, 9-point favorites. I'll call it 8.5. 9. It's 9. 9-point favorites at home against Indianapolis. So I guess I don't have to include these uh, 6 and 6.5. And so those are all double digits. Which is the most likely of all of those to lose outright? There's a 9.5 in there, too. But which of those, Brady? Well, you know, these are two of my bets. Uh, the Broncos and the Colts. And I really think they both have opponents that come into these games with tough situations. And I think both could be beaten outright. I, I, I think one of the two will hit, and I wouldn't be surprised if they both did. Broncos and Colts, both of them for me. Wow, wouldn't be surprised if both the Chiefs and the Saints went down. Yeah, those are both a tick below uh, double digits. Mike, same question. Yeah, I got to land on the Broncos here. Uh, they've played much better. Tough spot, Chiefs. Chiefs. If we had told ourselves, yeah. in, like, if we go back to our week four selves and tell us we'll be saying these things about the Broncos, we would laugh at, our, at ourselves today, but yet that's where we are with the Broncos. Todd? I, I like Brady's Atlanta story. Atlanta went into New Orleans and won that shocker. They still have a lot of talent. They are Gilly Ice. I mean, Matty Ice, a, a team with no mental fortitude, but you never know. Once in a while, you know, they could they could win one. I wouldn't be shocked if Atlanta uh, beat San Francisco. I happen to have a Colts uh, season under eight games uh, winning uh, ticket, and I'm very nervous about the Colts beating New Orleans as well. So I think Brady's on to something there as well. It's, it makes me very nervous. I think it's the Colts. I, I, think, I think it's the Saints. I, I think that's the one for me because all the others, like Baltimore's not losing to the Jets. Uh, listen, I get it about Denver. It's division rivals, but it's still Drew Locke. And, I, and Kansas City is just, there's too much offense there for the Broncos, in my humble opinion. New England is not going to lose to the Bengals. They're just not, whether they're on the road or not. And then San Francisco, to me, is too good. I think it's the Colts. I think that's the one sort of sneaky team. It's a very buy low, as we like to say on the Colts. They haven't looked that good, but they squandered that 14-point lead at Tampa Bay. Uh, they've got it in them. And I think... Uh, you know, a lot of these teams in the NFC, which we've alluded to, the Packers being one of them at 10-3, and three, I think some of these records are a little more gaudy than is actually reflected in the skill set. So for me, it would be New Orleans, most likely the big favorites to lose outright. That's a Monday night game. And then the final questions, we live in a bizarro world, no buys, there's 16 games. You're forced to bet a side, Brady, on every single one of these, but you're allowed one free pass on the side. What's the game you want no part of? The Vikings at the Chargers, my friend. <laughs> uh, I, I made I made Minnesota a three-point favorite, and I know it's two and a half now, um, but I don't know which team's going to show up for either side. I, I really liked the Vikings against Seattle two weeks ago, and their defense was awful in that game. Um, I, I think Minnesota is the better team here, but we saw the the Chargers explode last week. Uh, like Todd mentioned, we saw them completely dominate Green Bay. I could easily see Los Angeles winning this game. I could easily see the Vikings just rolling this team. I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm not getting involved. Yeah, we should almost name this question. Uh, we, it should be sponsored by the Chargers. <laughs> It's almost, like, it's almost like they're the short list of possible answers every week. Mikey? I'm going to go with the Fighting Kitchens against the Fighting Kingsberries. 
Uh, I don't know what to make of Cleveland week to week. Uh, I don't know if the Cardinals are. We might have overvalued them a little bit because of their run in the middle. No interest in betting it. No interest in watching it, Gil. That is my answer, too. If I may step in, Cleveland, Arizona, I have no clue. Kyler Murray scares me just enough, and Freddie Kitchens is a buffoon. Todd? Dallas and the Rams, I don't know what's going on with this Dallas team. Are they the analytic darling? Are they the garbage team we've seen the last couple weeks? The Rams played really well the last couple weeks, but prior to that, they were horrible. I I don't know about this these teams, so you know I don't want any part of it. I'm, I'm sure I'll bet it in game. All right, boys, we've done all we can do. Uh, what is the distance in our overall records? How far behind you guys am I in our? 18s? Well, here you go. You got coming in. You've got Gill at eighteen twenty three and one with a three and eleven teaser mark. Mikey at 21-18-3 and three in the lead with a 5-8-1 and one teaser mark. And me at 19-22-1 with a 5-9 and nine teaser mark. So we're quite far behind Mr. Michael with not many weeks left, Gil. So we have to make it up. Well, no, we're not. We're only like, I'm, the, the distance between Mike and me is what, three and a half games in the whole thing? Well, five, five in the yeah. lost column. Five, five in the lost, in the lost column, but... But but three and a half overall, yeah. He went lost <laughs> column on me. And what again? What are your teaser numbers again? <laughs> the teasers are uh, five, eight, and one for Mike. Five and nine for me, and three and eleven for you. God, our teasers have been horrible. Like the one thing that is usually just the easiest. What a year for Stanford Wong teasers. All right, that's still very much in contention too. Three weeks left in the regular season, and then the playoffs. Can't wait for that. Brady, thank you. Brady Cannon, a staple on the Megapod year after year, always the leadoff guy. And the 2011 Las Vegas Hilton Super Contest winner with Sansa C. Thank you as always, Brady. Appreciate it, man. By the way, how many people were in thank that you. year? I'm just curious. Uh, 517. Wow. It was kind of the first year, Todd, of, of like a decent amount of people. Uh, it's really kind of when the, the contest really started to gain some popularity prior to that, it was in the three hundreds and stuff. We got up to 517 and it was right after that, uh, contest victory that we had that, uh, Jake Hornigay and I put our heads together and started super contest weekend. And that's been running for like eight years now or whatever. And the contest has just grown exponentially ever since. I think the next year it went to about 750 and then it was 1100 and bang, here we are at what, what is it this year? 3,700 or something like that. Wow. Do you miss the panels for super contest weekend, Brady? Do you wish we had those back? I do. Yeah. I, I, I think decent should be uh, more involved, like largely more involved. Uh, I, I think, you know, they should be there like around the clock with programming. It, it you know, the, the Saturday of Super Contest weekend, and again, I'm sure I'll get with Jake Hornigay here pretty soon and start talking about our plans for next year. The Saturdays is good. You have the golf tournament and then all the giveaways and the raffles and all that stuff. That's fun. But the Friday has started to die down. And I really enjoy the, the get-together and the camaraderie and seeing all these people that I typically only see once a year that weekend around the bar there at the Westgate and whatnot. But there needs to be more. There needs to be a, a draw. And uh, that draw used to be the panel. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be a panel, but uh, I think Beeson needs to get involved in this discussion. And uh, we need to throw a, you know, an event in that Friday that uh, makes it more attractive. We always talk about you winning the Westgate Super Contest or the or the Hilton Super Contest at the time, uh, Brady, and that obviously I buried the headline. You are a VEASAN host as well, people should know. You host the Green Zone on Sirius XM Channel 204, uh, and you do so 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. What days are you on, Brady? I will be on there tonight. My week starts tonight. I am uh, Thursday and Friday at 6 p.m., Saturday and Sundays, I do midday around 2 p.m., and these are Pacific times, and then I wrap around and come back on Monday at 6 p.m. So I'm off on Tuesdays and Thursdays, or excuse me, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Forgive me for having buried that headline. And, of course, for all your golf needs in Las Vegas, for you and your buddies or your bachelor parties, Brady's your guy at Tea Times USA. How about that, Brady? We got that in there, too. Yeah, when I'm not, uh, you know, babbling on decent, I'm booking Tea Times. I uh, try to hold down a couple of jobs these days. Babbling and booking Brady. That's what we call him. Thank you, Brady. Appreciate it, man. Mikey, Todd, thank, thank you, guys. You. 
Thank you Good guys. To talk with all you guys. Thank you guys for uh, holding off the bickering till uh, the forty-five minute mark, but then really getting into it. I appreciate that. That's the uh, the hallmark of this show this year. Thank you, gentlemen. I was thinking that you know Brady said he wants to make Fridays bigger at the weekend. Maybe they could do a uh, segment like an hour and a half where Mike explains how to change the TV channel as an active content manager at the bar at the D. Because oh, that would be very interesting. Here we go. You're not going to vote for Pocahontas. You're not going to vote for the wealth tax. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note thank you all so and the much orange, for listening the orange Mike Palm thank you orange Mike Palm good luck with all your week 15 bets in the NFL I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.